right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And man, oh man, fired up today. All right, most people right now are stuck at home. And you're stuck at home looking at that hot rod, muscle car, street rod. Man, thinking I sure would like to take it to A, B, and C. And today is how do you get it to A, B, and C? Some of us have the luxury of having a trailer, some open trailers, some closed trailers. But if you're moving something cross-country, if you pick up something at an auction, if you see something that you got to have on some website like Race and Junk or this, that, or the other, bring a trailer, man, you only have one company you need to call, should call, Right? And that is our boy who we're going to have on in just a minute, Joe, from Pilot Transport. I've used him, and I know you have. You're the one that gave me the phone number, Bird. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, man. There are, like you said, a lot of ways to move a car, right? And, uh, I mean, you've got a ton. You've got, I don't know, 30, 40 sitting in your property, man. you got yourself a flatbed. you got you got an enclosed trailer, too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I got me a little 20-foot enclosed, perfect for getting me to the track, perfect for picking up you know, vehicles here and there. But yeah, man, if I got to get my ride out to Las Vegas for a SEMA, right? If I right, got to get it down right. to, you know, our show we filmed down in Florida, man, that's a long haul, man. And, yes, uh, it is. <laughs> you know, there's nobody, like you said, better to handle these situations, right? Like pilot transport, man. These guys yeah. are the professionals, right? They started with the, with the OE, the big three, right? Moving all these prototype cars around all around the country, getting them to or from, all around the world, testing, development, shows, you name it. And, uh, you know, they've opened up this expertise to us. These guys are everywhere, everywhere. Like, And he's a buddy, so we get to pick his brain on do's and don'ts, uh, the big whoops in his career. Uh, we could talk some, you know, issues we've had. Because, you know, I, I do have a little redneck in me. I have strapped something on a tow dolly before, not been afraid to tow it, and end up paying the price. So, yes, indeed, <laughs> man. There are, there are professional ways to get your car to and from, and then there's the other ways to get your car to and from. And, uh, you know, your, your biggest teacher is your last mistake, and typically those mistakes lead you to places like pilot transport. Yeah, no, I, I have definitely been in that camp, man. <laughs> I've, you know, either been in a rush, don't have the right gear, the right setup, or, 
you know, hey, I don't know what happened, man. It was good when I left and then I showed up. And yeah. Not so good, man. You know, like, uh, yeah, no doubt. A few of those, man. A few of those for sure. One of the saddest days of my life. Um, I, you know, I sold my, my, gorgeous 1970 Hemi Dodge Charger to start my little girl's college fund and uh to see that thing get loaded up on a on a big truck man was ah was so sad but I will tell you I love the fact they handle it with care with attention to detail with like you know these are the guys that well we'll get the white glove treatment like they'll treat your car better then you treat your car, you know, it's uh, yeah. it is one of yeah. those things, man. You, you know how you used to go to, you know, your auto parts places or get your car back from the shop and it would have like paper that they laid down on the floor mat or over the seat and on a steering wheel. And you'd be like, wow, they hit with some air freshener and, you know, it's just like, wow, they really did this up. This kind of, you know, kind of stuff you get. Uh, from pilot they you know i'm surprised they don't leave the little leave the little andy's mint on the uh on the console or something right there on the seat when you're you know when you get your car it's like you didn't get yours you probably just sat on it it's probably all smashed into the seat by now melted in there you know sure that's chocolate (laughs) yeah sometimes they put them up on the dash kind of like uh tommy tommy boy right right right, yeah skittles go down in the yeah man so they really are uh it's one of those things that if you want your car moved to and from in a way that is going to be righteous and right and protect your ride, because let's be honest, you get a car that you're ready to drop at a SEMA, and man, you are so particular about it. You are so like, you put so much time, sweat equity, you know, you've gotten fights with your significant other, maybe lost, a th- uh, you know, three or four significant others because of that ride, but that car is always there. And last thing you want to do is beat it up, get it to the show where everybody's going to see it, where it gets revealed, where you show off all your hard work. And last thing you want is, well, to get something thumped in route. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Now, do you have any horror stories? Towing horror stories, Willie. You've moved well, so I many mean, cars in your life, man. Yeah, I've got a few. None none beat the fact that I had a car come off a trailer and kill me. <laughs> what? Like that pretty much... Yeah, when t- in 2005, I, I suffocated under a car. Um, it came off a trailer. I was behind it, putting the ramps in, but I didn't fasten the car down. I was, I mean, I was coded. I was out. They said, you know, flight for life was landed <laughs> in the yard. And I, I was literally, they hit me with paddles to resuscitate me. It was uh, one of the craziest, most unreal experiences of my life. But that, you know, that taught me you should do a couple things any and every time you strap down a car. Um, one, I had the J hook and I didn't have it over the frame. I had the little J part just right on the lip of the frame. So it wasn't over the material. It was right on the material. And the force of the car was, was, it was my driveway is a big hill. The force of the car had made it taut. Well, then I slid the ramps in from behind and I turned to help myself get off the ground and I got hit by the car coming off the trailer and it literally comes off the trailer, pins me underneath it right underneath the, the rear bumper gas tank of it, and I suffocated to death. took me a few minutes, but yeah, man. So who found you? Um, I, I had a buddy come down my driveway, ask where I was at. He comes to the side to my, my ex-wife at the time, or now, and she said, he's loading up a car, and he's like, the car's off the trailer. And uh, they come out, they see me underneath it. And by that time, I'm like, because uh, 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 I, couldn't, I couldn't get a full gasp, gasp of air because my lungs... Yeah. 
So I had a, what's called a costal conjugal separation. Right part of the rib cage separates from the sternum and rolls over. So my lungs were on top of each other and compacted. They couldn't fill up with air. And I just, I was under there for, you know, God, I, I, I don't know how long. They said I was coded for about four minutes. And they hit me with paddles third time. They brought me around and took me to a trauma center. And it, yeah, it was one of the... That's why it says unbreakable tattooed down the side of my rib cage with that date on it. It's, uh, yeah, I literally died, was coded. All because I didn't put a strap on a car right. <laughs> Man. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Talk about, you know, that's about the worst experience other than, you know, you hurting someone else. Yeah. That, you know, then you got the guilt and everything else. But I mean, that is about as, as bad as you can get. And that shows you, right, the importance of, I mean, you're a hauling of three, four thousand. I mean, even bigger vehicles i mean that's a lot of weight you know oh yeah riding behind you plus the weight of your trailer i mean you got to get that weight on the tongue just right and distributed you got to get it strapped down just right wow yeah man, man. all right well, i am glad you're here i mean <laughs> you know joking aside that does yeah. explain a lot of things about your willy but i mean you know yes yes <laughs> thankfully you're here we'll have our boy i'm sure he's got worse stories than that uh, do's and don'ts, rights and wrongs, and the man behind the comedy of pilot transport. We got a quick break now. Back at it. It's the Two Guys Garage podcast with Kevin Bird and the dead Willie B. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we have the man Joe Parks from Pilot Transport. Hey, Joe, thanks for taking some time to talk to us today, man. And I got to tell you, bro, you are in the business where you have to see some of the coolest, most unreal rides on earth, man. You get to put your hands, you get to lay your eyes on just some of the highest end builds in, in the world. You know, we do. Um, we get to see everything. Um, some of them are a little better than others, obviously. Uh, but we, we get to see all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, we treat them all the same, though. Uh, that's the idea of it. We try not to look at the yeah. price tags and, and what it is. Uh, treat, them, treat them like you own them. Yeah, because to each owner, right, that's gold. Man. You could have <laughs> your nothing of a ride. But it means everything to you, right? It's got your memories in it or it's your dream or whatever. You know, and it could be a what a $5,000, $10,000 car. And then you could have on the other end, I don't know, do you guys move Bugattis for somebody somewhere, right? Do you move, you know, Rolls Royce or, you know, anything uh, completely exotic or irreplaceable, number, you know, one of five in the world? I mean, what, what kind of cars, you know, have you guys moved over time? Because you go to auctions, you go to events, you guys are huge at SEMA. I mean, you show up to any one of these locales and you can just see typically a fleet of pilot trucks there, right? Loading and unloading some pretty high dollar, nice stuff. 
Yeah, you're right. We get to see a lot of cool stuff. I remember one of the first uh, Bugatti Veyrons was, was in the country. We, uh, we get to haul that thing around for a couple of months, going to different shows. We were storing it. Uh, we took that thing everywhere. Um, back when I don't think anybody really knew what the car was. So we've done everything in between, um, you know, from a Ford Escort to, to that Veyron. Uh, so yeah, we get to see all kinds of cool stuff. I know last fall where I saw you guys, we were taking out the Young Guns cars in the SEMA. Some of those young builders out there uh, with all their cool stuff. And a lot of them were their first builds. And some of those kids were really cool with their with their good stuff. Yeah, man. It's got to be something else to watch new talent come into it, to see some of the crazy, you know, just mind-blowing builds that you get to put your hands on and load up. You know, my, my question is, Joe, well, how did you get into trucking, man? Because, you know, I'm sure at 15 or 14 or whatever, you didn't go up to the kitchen table one morning with breakfast, eating morning cinnamon rolls, and tell your mom, I'm going to own me a fleet of trucks and haul cars. <laughs> so how, 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 did, how did it morph into becoming, like, you know, a business for you and something that y- you saw a hole in the market or something that needed to be done, and uh, the, that kind of was your calling? Yeah, I mean, it was – it wasn't really as glamorous as that. I just probably uh, in the recession in the nineties, I needed a job and uh, it was in construction at the time and uh, it was, a, it was a good fit. And I, I've been in it ever since I started in pilot almost 20 years ago. And when I was doing it originally, it was on the new car side and we got over in pilot and with all the cool stuff and it just kind of, kind of flowed from there. Um, we started off doing the engineering stuff, saw a need for the uh, the classic cars and a lot of the shows, and, and that's the stuff that I really like doing. What's the most challenging part? Because you've got to deal with, you know, some of these vehicles are so expensive. <laughs> owners, bro. Owners. Yeah, well, I was going to say, right, between, you know, the vehicles themselves where you have a certain amount of, I don't know, anxiety, like, man, every move I make, right, because you're squeezing in a tight little truck. You know what it's like in an enclosed trailer to, to move around. you got them stacked on top of each other end to end. You don't know these vehicles, right, where they got quirks. You know, is it got a funky clutch to try to get it up, you know, the ramp or something? And then you got the owner on the other side, you know, maybe not breathing down your neck, but I'm sure some of them are just huffing and puffing right behind you, you know, like watching you. You got to deal with them. Uh, I'm sure you got uh, locations where they they won't let you get the truck in where you need to get it to unload and load. I mean, what are some of the hard parts and challenges that you guys have to face? Yeah, for sure. Like you said, a lot of times it's dealing with the owners. Um, I try to tell everybody, you know, let, let our guys do the job. Uh, give, them, give them some space. They've been there. They've done it. Uh, getting in some of these neighborhoods and these tight spots where we go to is, is difficult enough. And then showing up and then having somebody breathe down your back, it makes – makes a tough job even tougher. Uh, so these guys, they handle it well, but if you leave alone, it'll go a lot smoother. <laughs> they know what they're doing. Yeah, they do, man. How, how many trucks, you know, you started with how many, and how many do you have now? Because I know you guys are always moving and always got a lot of inventory. It seems like as many as I see, you know, at different shows and whatnot, you got a fleet of them. Yeah, we're running about 130 right now. Damn. Wow, full semi trucks, 130. That's a lot of rigs, man. Damn. And yeah. how many can you get on a on a truck? Four, five. We call them six car haulers, but as you know, everything is getting bigger. These cars aren't getting lighter; they're not getting smaller. Um, but you know, SUVs and a lot of these crossovers, depending on the size of them, I would say we're probably down to about a five car load in one of those hard side enclosed. All right. Now, 
Willie and I have gone through shipping cars and moving cars in every fashion, right? Like we talked about before the break, whether it's doing it ourselves, um, you know, open, uh, you know, and doing the pilot route. Now, for everybody else, like, what can they expect? So they, they're on eBay, they buy something across the country, they've got to get it to themselves, or they want to go to some event for the first time, and they've really never done the transport thing. What are some of the things to think about, right? Because you, you have a giant rig. Right. So just pulling up to your driveway in some little dirt road and some little, you know, backwoods neighborhood or whatever might be kind of tricky. I mean, what are the things that they want to do? What kind of things they want to prep in their vehicle or communicate to you or or whatnot? Yeah. I, you know, I always try to tell the, the, the client, work it out with the driver. A lot of times we can't get down the street. You know, sometimes you know, they'll say, yeah, we get we get trucks down here all the time, but not as big as ours. So we try to tell everybody kind of meet at the corner grocery store or something like that. Give us some room. Let's get the car on, and uh, it, it makes it a whole lot easier than than trying to go down into a subdivision with a seventy five foot long truck. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, man, that's for sure. Hey, hey, I got to drive my bad. Well, you seen my Titan before? My nineteen seventy Dodge Charger, five forty two tons of nitrous. It's just a insanely laser sharp car. When uh, they came to pick that car up, we had it on the show several years back to do a dyno hit on it. It was fun because I got to drive it all the way to town to load it up. I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't you come here because I live a couple miles back on a dirt road. It's ugly. I'm like, this car needs to stretch its legs. I'll bring it to you. So I met him. At, I literally met him at the Walmart parking lot. It's like, I got you, bro. I'll be there in no time flat. So, you know, he could hear me coming through the parking lot. Ah, you know, and it's, uh, it is pretty cool when you see that car and know you're going to get, you know, no, it's just well taken care of. Because I'm sure, Joe, you probably you probably pulled up on cars that, I don't know, smell like teen spirit, look like a midlife crisis, and you got to wonder why that guy spent, you know, a dime on it, let alone thousands and thousands. So, you know, but you like you said, you treat them all the same, man. Yeah, it's somebody's baby, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, the other thing we see, too, is, you know, everybody, if we're going cross-country, they, they try and load it up with everything. You know, they're, they're, they put half their house in it. And they get in there, and the, you know the stuff kind of moves and uh, going down the road, stuff shifts. So we—that's the other thing we try to tell everybody: not to, not to put your all your trophies in your car or a bag of books or something. Yeah, no, that's good advice. Now, anything else as yeah. far as like amount of fuel in the tank? You know, a lot of times you go to an event and they don't want full tanks of gas sometimes, or or other little tips like that for people that are moving stuff cross country, going to an event or whatnot. Yeah, for sure. It doesn't matter to us. I mean, the, the gas tank can be full, just, you know, as long as there's enough in there to keep it running. But a lot of times if you go to the convention halls and stuff like that, where if it's going to a big show and it's indoor, those guys will want the, the gas drain, especially like at SEMA, right? It's got to be below an eighth of a tank. So we ask for, you know, you know, leave a little bit of gas in there so we can drive it down and off the truck. Right, right. Now, my question is is twofold. There's, I'm sure... When you're first getting into this, um, in this industry, you've heard nightmares, right? There's been, you know, some unfortunate incidents that happened just, you know, in around my hometown where people hauling their car and, you know, not for, you know, there's a guy here, matter of fact, that crashed a really, really unbelievably nice, nice car. He was bringing it home on the trailer. Somebody did not disconnect the battery and somehow something shorted out, sparked the fire. He's rolling down the road and he's got people honking beside him. Hey man, there's flames coming out of the back of your trailer. So he pulls over and the whole thing is just engulfed in flames. 
Like, you got to hear some nightmare stories like that. What's the worst one? Uh, man, we get all sorts of weird ones. You know, a lot of times picking up at the auctions, and, you know, somebody will buy a car, you know, maybe had a couple cocktails too many, and, you know, they bought that uh, 300 that they thought they wanted when they were 16, and they get it, and it don't run right, and, you know, it's backfiring, and uh, we've had a couple of them catch on fire as we're trying to start them up. Uh, but, yeah, we get all kinds of goofy stuff. Now, have you ever just rolled up to pick up a customer car, vehicle, whatever, and you're just, no. No, we, we I'm not touching that. You know, maybe it's a monster truck. You're like, that's not fitting in here. Maybe it's got fluids just draining out everywhere, or it's got no brakes, or just something that's either crazy or unsafe. It's, she's so ugly, you won't take her to prom. Yeah. You ever pulled up on your date, and she's so <laughs> ugly, you refuse to take her to prom, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess ugly is one thing, but dangerous is another. I mean, fluids is a, is a, is a, is a bummer, especially if it's up on top. So we try to put those on the, on the lower deck. A uh, couple things we don't like to do, cars with no brakes. They're dangerous for everybody because there's no good way to load it. you got to be able to stop it safely. Um, I know it's not going very far, very fast inside the trailer, but the last thing we want to do is get our guys with it. Well, yeah, you got your guys, you got all the other vehicles that are in there. You, you might have a Bugatti sitting right in front of you. So, you know, who wants to launch, you know, the turd behind you into the one in front of you, you know? Right. Some, some dot three dripping on the Veyron, right? Right, right. Yeah, no doubt. You got some mercury up there leaking all over the Bugatti. Uh, all right, well, look, we got a quick break now, man. We're going to come back more with Pilot Transport. If you need to get to and from, Here's the right way to do it. Trust us on this. He's got all the clues and tips. And we got some questions about that, all right? So quick break. We're back with it. Man, it's the Two Guys Garage Podcast with Kevin Bird and Willie B. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we have Joe Parks from Pilot Transport. And talking, you know, all things you need to know about moving your car. It's all about tongue weight these days, y'all. It's all about tongue weight. <laughs> uh, one of the biggest mistakes probably people make is uh, is not you know not centering the weight over top of the wheels when they load up cars. You ever seen anybody load their car and the heaviest part they'll load it backwards or something? Oh yeah, right. And the engine is hanging well over the the end of the trailer. And every time the truck hits a bump, man, the trailer just wants to fight them, pitch them every which way but loose. It's crazy. Oh, I, I remember when I was. In college, we were toting a, a little little race car in a small trailer, and uh, man, I didn't load it, but uh, I was in the vehicle that was pulling it, not driving, and all of a sudden, you know, that back end is just swinging back and forth, and you know, it doesn't digress; it just keeps getting worse and worse. So it's yeah. everything to pull over, and damn, if we didn't start moving weight to the front real quick, you know, toolboxes, right, how far can we <laughs> shimmy this thing up? Because yeah, if you got way too far back, man, that thing's going to fishtail, and it'll throw you right off the road. So get It that. will pitch a car. It'll pitch a truck sideways if you sit there and let it whip. It builds up energy, and next thing you know, man, you are out of control. I've seen it so many times, and it's common sense things like that that I think some, some people forget when they're loading a car. Maybe they're just in a hurry. They haven't done it before. But, Joe, you have to see... You know, you have to be in this, see a lot of these instances where... You know, it's like, man, you you really should have done A, B, or C. Yeah, I mean, I, I was when you first started talking about the J hook. That was the other thing too. Is we don't even use those things anymore. We we like using the nylon straps uh, with, with the 
rubber cleats on it. Um, it's just a lot safer way to yeah. go. Uh, over the wheel strap is what you want to do instead of, you know, hanging down to a, a brake line or something like that. Because we see all kinds of goofy stuff where they're just hanging it on anything they see. Um, yeah, we, we see all sorts of stuff. What are your top, you know, you guys have a system, right? And that, that's what's awesome. Your, your drivers are trained. They know what they're doing. They've got all the right equipment. And there's no reason why we shouldn't either, right? I mean, buying a set of straps and all that doesn't cost a lot of money at all. Getting your D-ring set up on your trailer. Um, yeah. But it's so easy. You know, you're in a situation. You're like, well, I'm, I'm here, and here's the vehicle, and I got to get it somewhere else, and this is what I got. So it's, you know, it's pretty easy for people to kind of just skip along. But, you know, what are the top, you know, outside of your process, what are the top places that you like to try to grab a vehicle when you're strapping them down? But you always want to go over the wheels first. If any way possible, obviously, if you're running slicks or something like that, that makes it a little, a little more challenging. But if, if you're running street tires, just use an over-the-wheel strap with a, with a good rubber cleat. Put it over the tire. You know, like you said, strap it. To, I like E-Track, but if you're going to use D-rings or something like that, that's cool. But try to keep it tight to the wheel, um, almost like a guitar string. It almost has a little bit of a twang to it when it's when it's on the right. Not too tight, not too loose, obviously, because then it'll always just fall off. Uh, but we always see a lot of guys, they'll, they'll try to over-tighten it. And, uh, you know, all it's going to do is rip that D-ring out or that E-track right out of the trailer. And there goes your car. Yeah, man. That's an ugly scenario, too. You know what I feel like should be outlawed? Toe dollies, bro. Toe dollies. I've got one. Of, I've had nightmares with one of those. I owned one of those for a while. I gave it away. That's how much I hated the dumb thing. Um, but when I lived when I lived in North Carolina, I towed a '71 Dodge Charger down there on a tow dolly because it's all I had and all I could afford. And let me tell you, if you don't know those cars, those tow dollies, big cars, big older cars. They don't like to fit in there, so if you make a hard turn, the side of the tow dolly just digs in your front fender Ooh. right above the emblem. I mean, it will just eat it apart on both sides. So, yeah, man, I uh, tow dollies I feel like should be outlawed. They're for, you know, they're like the dude with a fork in a world of soup. It's like they're, they're useless. <laughs> that they're going to start, you know, they're going to start bucket or, you know, start whipping side to side, too, if you're going too fast. Yeah, man, they're awful. I mean, it's a cheap resolve to a, a, a kind of a bad situation or problem, but I never trust those in any any kind of distance. And for whatever reason, I see them around, man. I'm just like, you are sketchy as hell driving anything with a tow dolly on it. I'm like, yeah, a couple things, you know, on my end that um, as much as I think this thing is strapped down and it is, you know, dead nuts, it's not moving, it's not going anywhere. If I got a long enough trip, man, I'm going to stop and, and double check it again. You know, like it just seems like every now and then 99 out of a hundred times, oh, yeah. boy, that sucker is just tight when I get there. And you know, there's been one or two times where I get to my location. I'm like, how did this get kind of loose? You know? And same thing with tire pressures. Um, you know, I've, yeah. I've you know lost a couple tires over the years, whether it's on boats or, or uh, car trailers or whatever. And, and, uh, you know, one of the things that I found not too long ago was, um, you know, you check your tire pressures and they're great. Well, sometimes on these like steel rims, right? These cheaper steel rims over time, you know, they'll get a little rust pinhole and they'll leak a little bit of air out, right? So you check your tires, everything looks great. And you go on a 500 mile run. And next thing you know, after a couple hours, that tire gets a little bit flat, it runs a little bit hotter. Next thing you know, poof, you've lost the tire. So checking tire pressures way more than you think double checking your straps at least once you know somewhere down the road those are big ones you know 
yeah, what we found is if the straps are going to come loose, it's usually right away. So what we like to do is check those straps within the first couple of miles and then, you know, maybe another 100 miles out. But usually when they're going to get loose, it's going to be right away. Yeah, because like I said, it's just some joggle, like, you know, the weight's moved around a little bit, uh, you know, something's happened. And like I said, uh, you know, you guys are going right on the tire, but, you know, a lot of folks, they go off axles or suspension components or something else. And, and who knows, right? Something slips a little bit to the side, you know, it gets a little slack in it. Yeah, you get a couple miles down the road, good time to check it. Or another killer, man, is you said air pressure. There was a time where, you know, I uh, was raising just a big relief effort for, I think, the hurricane. It wasn't, I think it was Harvey that hit Texas. And I live in Denver, and so I decided I want to take a load of just supplies. And it was generators, shop vacs, cleanup equipment, brooms, and all, all that stuff. And so a bunch of listeners wanted to help out. Well, next thing I know, there's five or six of us trucks loaded down. They didn't have any water, like none. So people started bringing water. Well, water's ungodly heavy. So we had all these trailers well overloaded. I mean, I mean, we were running so far over the weight. We couldn't get out of Colorado before every single trailer but mine had lost at least uh, you know, a tire, if not tires and rims, and just shearing off everything and you know, it going in a cornfield, you know, somewhere south of here. It took us a day and a half to get to Texas because we were so overloaded. So always watch the weight on what you're towing compared to what your axles and tires can handle. Cause those tires get heated up man and we left the radio station in the evening at night and we were man we were looking for tires in cornfields we were calling friends there's a group of people here called rocky mountain diesel crew we had some of those guys run relief for us and come down but we got all six it would ended up being like eight trucks and trailers down for harvey relief and you know just took them a ton of supplies but my god I spent thousands of dollars in trailer tires that trip. <laughs> it's like it took me a year and a half to pay it off because we blew them all up. And I was like, well, this is on me, so I'm getting it. And it was just brutal for all of us. Like another blown tire, 180 miles, another blown tire. It's like, get this water off of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, tires can be one of those things that never gives you a hard time. Uh, like it's just a thing I don't even think about. And then all of a sudden, bam. Hits you upside the head, right? Takes your legs right out from under you. Yeah. Man, and it can get you in the worst place at the worst time, you know? So I got to ask you, Joe, have you ever got to, you know, you move all these cars, you're bound to know some of these high-maintenance, you know, uh, builders and teams and people. Have you ever got to take anything on a, you know, celebratory lap? Have you ever got to... You know, do a, a, I don't know, itchy little burnout. Because on the show, you know, we do a lot of repairs and fixing on the show. And every time, man, I'm like, hey, hey, uh, are we going to get to do a burnout in this? Can we do a burnout? Kevin's like, now, Willie, I'm not sure. But if we are, I'm driving. Uh, no, but <laughs> do, do you ever get to have fun with them? No, it's not my car. Um, you know, I'll do that in my car. You know, we, we, it's like we do the hot rod power tour every year. I think that's probably where I, I burn a lot of that steam off in, in my own car. But, uh, you know, if you want to do a burnout, do it in your car. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, do the owners go, hey, man, you want to take it for a lap, Joe? And you know, you've never been like, yeah. Um, I've had a couple people loan me their cars. Uh, but I always get leery. Uh, it's just, just not in me. It's not my car. No, there's something, there's something, especially with, you know, some of these higher-end, high-dollar cars. You're thinking – well, that's going to be fun. But if something 
anything goes wrong. Yeah. Whoo wee. Yeah, I mean, Ken, Ken Lingenfelder used to loan me some cars. It's it just the same thing. I just uh, you can't have any fun in it. It's it's not your fault. And, and his because his place is uh, right down the street from my shop. So we're, we're almost like next-door next neighbors. Yeah, man. Well, it's impressive what you've done, not just with your company, but, you know, your whole – you got kind of a – just a philosophical kind of look at as to how you are – you know, you're putting pilot transport on top of this industry as part of this. You know, when you think upper-end, higher-end, upper-echelon transport companies, everybody, everybody uses your name. That says something about – you know, just the integrity you have in your job that you do, and you obviously put that in your staff as well. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Well, think about think about any big event, any big event that you've ever been to. If it's not a, you know, bring what you got local show, Pilot's probably there. Pilot's probably the one bringing all those vehicles to and fro. Rather, you know, whether it's a Russo and Steel, whether it's, you know, Barrett-Jackson, whether it's SEMA, whether, you know, any of these big-time events... Right, they are the ones making it happen. Right, we're not going to have those great cars because there's no way this dude's going to, you know, finish up a SEMA build at three in the morning. You know, which it's not really done. You know, it's not been sorted. It hasn't driven. Maybe has brakes on it. You know, whatever. And uh, you know, there's no way it's going to get to SEMA with those thousands and thousands of cars and hundreds of thousands of people. You know, it's it's guys like Pilot that are. You know, getting there bright early in the morning and they're, you know, they're running 24 hours a day, getting across country and, and delivering the goods for us, you know? Yeah, man. I never forget one of the first times I met Joe at a SEMA, he was talking about that Mustang they brought out there. It was a barn find and they wanted it dirty, dusty. They didn't want the dust to be, you know, um, removed or any fingerprints or handprints. They want it to look exactly like it did in that barn with pine needles on it, no fingerprints. So there it was at SEMA, and I remember Joe telling about that, just making sure that his boys didn't use clean gloves, making sure they didn't interrupt the dust or the flow of the dirt or anything else, you know. That's how unique this industry really is, you know. It's like, no, no, no. I need all the dirt, dust and dirt on it. I need I need it <laughs> not to show a single fingerprint in the dust that's layered on there, you know. And that's what these guys yeah. do. Talk about having to change your process a little bit. That was tougher than keeping it clean. Yeah, I remember yeah. saying that. It was like such a pain <laughs> in the butt. You're like, man, should we clean up a spot? Oh, no, 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 no. Don't touch it. We need it dirty, dusty. The layers, you just can't interrupt the, you know, the patina of the dust that's settling on there. And it was like, how do I get in it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how do I drive it in there, you know? Yeah. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> It was crazy, man. But that's the kind of, you know, just work and craftsmanship these guys put forth in every sort of ride that they load up, they find, they're responsible for. The moment you turn, you know, your car keys over, that baby's theirs, you know, and and they treat it like it is, which is, you know, not true with all companies like that. You know how it is. You lend your stuff out to people, whether it's, hey, my friend wants to borrow my pickup truck and they bring it back empty and, you know, an extra dent in it, you know, that wasn't there before, your trailer or whatever. You know, you're not going to find that with, with these guys. You're guaranteed to have, you know, the exact same car you dropped off, you know, when you see it at the show and how you want it. And the rest is up to you, man. They, they really, truly do a knockout job. If we're doing our job right, you don't even know we've been there. Yeah, that's right, man. You guys sneaking in and sneaking out. 
right on. <laughs> little, little car transportation ninjas. <laughs> so, so how do people find you guys socially? How do they get a hold of you if, if they want quotes? If they're thinking about moving some vehicles around, what what's the format here? How do they get connected? Yeah, we're we're on all the social media formats. So, you know, Facebook is probably the easier one. Just it, it works for what we do. Or pick up the phone and call us. Um, we're easy to find. Social media, Facebook is the easiest though. If we're doing it that way. You pretty much everywhere across the fifty states, forty-eight. What? What's the forty-nine states in Canada? If they built a bridge to Honolulu, we'd go there too. Forty-nine yeah, in man. Canada. All right, man. So that covers a lot of ground. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, there's very few of us out there doing much beyond that. So, very, very cool, man. Well, Joe, we, we appreciate all the skinning, all your lessons learned all the history and observations and experience you guys have out there. Uh, one for moving all our vehicles. Cause man, like we said, when you put enough time, who cares how much the thing costs when you put enough time and energy, when it's your dream, yeah. when it's your build, when it's something you've been hanging on to a family heirloom, you name it, right? As soon as you pull that thing out of the garage, you can start to get anxiety, right? You know, this is important to me. And, and uh, when you guys show up, you know, at least from A to B, you know, B, it's going to be nice and safe when I get there. And, and that's a really reassuring thing. So we appreciate yeah, it. Well, he's moving weapons of mass creation, mm-hmm. right? And so you want that thing to show up exactly like it was when he picked it up. And that's what you get with these guys. So, man, we thank you. We appreciate your time. Stay in touch. We'll see you out at SEMA next year, all right? Yeah, man. Thanks. All right, we'll do it, man. Hey, and don't forget about our show, Aaron Weekends on Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Episode also now available on streaming uh, Motor Trend On Demand, which is just an awesome way to find us, get us. Hell, for that matter, you can binge us if you would like. Thanks to our guest, Joe Parks, my man, Kevin Bird. I am Willie B., our producer, Scoop, and our executive producer is Bob Ecker. Yeah, and don't forget to check out our website. Lots of great automotive content down there, twoguysgarage.com. And share your thoughts with us. We're on social too. We're everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Two Guys Garage. The Two Guys Garage podcast is a copyright 2020 Britain Productions Incorporated. All rights reserved. There you go, man. 18 wheeling, bro. I wonder how many kids give them the honk the horn sign, you know? Because I still do that, you know? Me too. My kid is three and a half. And uh, man, he's closer and closer to being able to reach that arm out the window or at least get it high enough for that guy to see. So we got to teach him that one. I'm 30 with 20 years experience. So I'm like, yeah, bring it on, man. All right. We'll see you guys on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Take care. Two Guys Garage podcast is a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.